Instagram's new step toward privacy, another company joins the streaming war, and we're covering that pre-job interview checklist. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Girl Talk. I'm your host, Abby Zufelt. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before we get started into the news, I'm going to give you a quick reminder that voting is still going on for Arizona Foothills Best of the Valley, as I talked about in previous episodes. Working Girl Talk was nominated for Best Podcast, which Working Girl Talk is a podcast nationwide, international, but having this honor in specifically Arizona is really cool. So click the link in bio on the Working Girl Talk Instagram to vote for that. You can vote up to twice a day till the end of November. So you'll be hearing me talk about this a lot. So let's dive into the first story. Instagram is taking another step to protect your data. Great. Which is really smart after the Facebook, their parent company has gone through a lot of drama, but not so fast, literally. TechCrunch reports that Instagram is slowly rolling out a new feature that will help better protect personal data from being accessed by your long discarded third party applications which means any app that you had once authorized access to your Instagram profile over the years. This can include websites you used for maybe printing photos as TechCrunch reports or dating apps, any tools that you use to sync Instagram with or log in using Instagram. So Instagram is pretty late to the game on offering this functionality, actually. Twitter, Facebook, Google, a lot of these other companies have already taken steps to do this before to protect data from third-party apps and along with that TechCrunch reports that Instagram isn't really rushing to do it either. The company said its new security feature will take six months to reach all users as it's designed to be a gradual rollout. On the bright side, Instagram does have less personal information on hand considering It is a part of Facebook, but the information you use on Instagram isn't as personal. There's a lot more profile and personal information to fill out on Facebook, so that's good. But a lot of these apps, once used many years ago, still continue to access your data if you've ever synced it with Instagram or logged in to an external app through Instagram. So they could still have access to information like your username, your photos, captions, timestamps of posts, permalinks, and more. So they still have access to all of these different things potentially. TechCrunch reported that Instagram isn't clear in its public announcement about its reasoning for why this is such a slow rollout. Most of its rollouts previously take a few weeks, maybe a month or two, as TechCrunch said, which if you've ever noticed that, then it's it's probably, it's, some things take a while to roll out, but some things are usually pretty quick. So as I said, TechCrunch reported that Instagram isn't really clear in its public announcement about its reasoning for such a slow rollout. Um, TechCrunch says it's tied to API changes for developers. So they're switching APIs to do this. So they're giving external developers time to adjust. If you want to see if you have the new security setting, just go to your settings, go under security, and then apps and websites to see if you have more options now. Relating to this, 
too. Instagram says it's also introducing an updating authorization screen that will detail all the information an app is requesting when you go to authorize it to connect to your Instagram. So that's something like if you're connecting your Instagram account to Planoly or a other type of grid planner, that authorization page is going to look a little different now. So some major security updates over Instagram. Hopefully they roll those out sooner rather than later. And we can start getting rid of this information for third-party apps that we might not even be using anymore, which is really interesting that this is still going on in the Instagram side and that it's so slow because this is very similar to what Facebook got in trouble for when there was a lot of that data breach drama in the past few years. Next story. AMC Theaters, which I didn't realize, I guess is the largest movie theater chain in the U.S., who knew? I guess it makes sense. You see an AMC everywhere, but I just never thought about it. So The Verge reports that they're launching an on-demand video service, according to the New York Times, which just goes to show there's another player in this streaming war going on. So the service the AMC will be offering will let customers rent or buy movies, very similar to Apple's iTunes Store and Amazon's Prime Video, the way that those have operated. So AMC Theaters On Demand is what it will be called. It is launching this week as an online store with approximately 2,000 films available with new releases to be added after a standard theater run. And unlike the traditional direct-to-consumer subscription streaming services that like Apple and Comcast at and all these other ones preparing to launch. AMC is specifically video on demand only. So these other studios that are coming out with these streaming services, like Disney, Warner Brothers, Universal, all of these companies, they've already made deals with theater chains to sell and rent movies. So then it's like, why is AMC doing this? Well, the, the idea behind AMC's new streaming or their on-demand platform is to actually bring business back to their main business venture, theater attendance. They're doing this in order to get more people to actually go to the theater. So they want to capitalize on their Stubbs members. If you've ever been to an AMC theater, you know they do the big long spiel in the beginning about Stubbs members and thank you, which there are a lot of Stubbs members and A-list subscribers is what they call them. And those people generally pay 20 bucks a month for general access to new films. Interestingly enough to get to keep that relationship nurtured and to keep that going, those people who are Stubbs members will get a personalized message from AMC, like as an example, saying that they can now enjoy a certain movie at home if they went and bought tickets to it, like they automatically get the movie on demand. So their effort in this is really trying to get people to go to that theater first, which is really interesting. We'll see if this works out for them. Honestly, the streaming wars, like we'll just see how we'll just see how this keeps going. It's it's a lot. We're getting a lot of players in this game and I don't know how it'll end. I just know that I don't know if I want to be paying for all these different subscriptions, people, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if it actually works on bringing people to actually go to the theater if that's enough of a drive to get people to go leave their houses. Next story. I had to do this one when I saw it. The early 2000s called and they're bringing their phone back. <laughs> There's been rumors this year that Motorola would be bringing back the iconic Razer phone as a pricey smartphone. 
with a vertical folding screen. And in February, the company actually confirmed that it was working on it. And now this week, CNET reports the company has sent out invites for a November 13th event. In these invites, prominently displays a silhouette of this classic razor that I'm sure we all know. And like this animated teaser image and it has all this stuff teasing it. Motorola has actually released different taglines for the event, like you're going to flip and all these kind of funny things that hint at it. So we'll wait till November to see this, but I'm super just, I think that's so funny that that phone's making a comeback. Definitely Google this, Google the new Motorola, Motorola Razr. It's similar, but it's different. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I'd actually be getting one, but it's a fun little throwback. And those phones were just the biggest thing back in the day. So pretty funny that they'll be coming back. I wonder if the pink one will be coming back. Maybe then I'd switch. <laughs> Uh, and that wraps up our news for today. So I will be diving into our working girl topic of the week. So ever have those pre-job interview jitters? Well, say goodbye to those because I'm going over the working girl talk pre-interview checklist. This is everything you need to do before you have your interview. We'll dive into actual interviews, post-interview process, all of that in later episodes, but I wanted to start with this one because the pre-interview can help you set yourself up for success before the interview even begins. So let's dive in and we're going to break it down by a few different categories. So first, we're going to talk about the phone interview. So the pre-interview checklist for a phone interview starts with getting ready and actually doing your hair, showering, all of that. So sometimes a phone interview, maybe it would be in the middle of your workday or there's a lot of external factors, but sometimes for a phone interview, maybe you feel like, oh, like they won't see me. I don't really have to get ready. Don't fall into that trap. If you get ready for the day, shower, do your hair, all of that good stuff, put on a nice outfit, it really sets that personal sense internally for you oh like something professional is about to happen I'm putting my best foot forward even if they can't see you so make sure you're getting ready two have your paper resume or up on a computer with you just because it's on the phone it's actually more in your favor because you can kind of look around and they can't see you so you can have your resume pulled up then if they ask you to refer to something then you have it right there sometimes like really that's just more of like a safety net for you because sometimes they may ask something about your resume or your experience and when you're on the spot maybe you can't think of it right away. So if you have your resume there, it really just supplies that safety net for you for reference. And since they can't see you, you might as well have that for reference. Number three, sit down. Sometimes when we're on the phone, we have a tendency to pace or move around, which one can kind of make it hard to hear us. Maybe if we're breathing heavy or we're walking and keep moving, if we're putting that phone closer and further away from our face and it can be harder to hear us but also it just sets a calming tone if you're seated in one spot if you keep moving that heightens up your internal energy so make sure to sit down feet flat on the floor calm 
ready to do this, you'll be able to talk more clearly and you'll have more of a calming sense about you. Next tip, call right on time. Some people maybe think, oh, maybe I can call early. I would steer clear of that. The time is scheduled for a reason. So call right on time. Like right when the clock hits, call. Like if you're the one calling. And then if you're not the one calling, make sure you have your phone right in your hand looking at it right when it's time. And it's okay. Sometimes people maybe run a little late or maybe they're on the closer end of the last half of the minute of the start time, if that makes sense. Um, like give them their time to call you. But really just make sure that you call right on time, like right on the dot. No sooner, no later, just right when it turns, that's the best time to call. Next tip, this is when, this one's a given, but make sure that you're in a quiet, distraction-free place. I say this because when you are on the phone, again, they can't see you, so you can kind of be anywhere, but making sure you're in a small room, a door shut, you need to be able to control your surroundings because you don't know sound wise what will happen. Maybe if you're outside, if something will happen or if you're at home with people or if you're at work, I don't know where you're at, but make sure you're in a quiet place, a distraction free place. So if you aren't at home, maybe it's the middle of the work day or something like that. You had to go out for lunch, like sitting in your car could be a better option for you if your service is okay or whatever it may be. Just making sure you're in an environment that you have a little more control over so you can control any distractions, sounds, anything like that. And lastly, for the phone interview, pre-interview checklist, make sure that connection is clear. So don't plan on taking the interview in a place where connections aren't clear. So like in a mall or a parking garage, typically those are common places that phone connection is not great in. So make sure to plan ahead where exactly you will be taking the phone interview. Next up, video interviews. This one is super important, actually important for the phone interview process as well charge your phone the night before set or your computer, whatever you'll be talking on an interview with, charge it the night before, set a reminder in your phone, in your computer, in your calendar to plug your device in the night before. The last thing you want to run into is a dead computer, tablet, phone, whatever you'll be calling in on for video. And so charge your device the night before. Next up for video interviews, good lighting. This one gets overlooked, but make sure you have good lighting where they can actually see you, which kind of goes goes back to controlling your own environment, but because it's a video, it's your, their first impression of you, make sure you look good and feel good doing that. So if you want to test out even holding your front camera, if it's your phone or looking on your computer the day before, kind of checking out, okay, what lighting works at this time, go for it. Plan ahead for what that view will look like for them and also making sure that it's a distraction-free background. And along with that, it's a given, but a clear view of your face. So making sure that your hair's out of your face, you don't have any sunglasses or hands in your face. Very similar to what I talked about in a previous recent episode about being comfortable on camera. Listen to that too because the same guidelines for feeling comfortable like talking to the Instagram camera could actually apply to this too. So check that previous episode out. Next tip, if you are doing a video call from your phone, make sure to set it on something and kind of balance it out before you dial in. Your arm will get tired if you're just holding your phone with your hand. 
So make sure to set it on something that still has a clear view of you, but you don't have to hold. And then if you're using a computer, then you don't really have to worry about that problem, but just making sure that it's a stable surface that you're putting your computer on. Next tip, download the software in advance. So a lot of times video calls require certain softwares like Skype, Zoom, any of those things. Make sure to download the software before. You do not want it to be call in time and you're still trying to download the app or the different software that the call in is supposed to be happening on because you don't know how big the file is. You don't know if you have to make an account, all of those different things. So when you're charging your phone the night before, download the software the night before as well. Next and final tip for video interviews. If you can, try to schedule it at a time where you are more comfortable. So if you are at home or you're at work and having to make this work during work hours, schedule it during lunch or slightly after work if possible or really early so you don't have to leave during the workday or so it doesn't cut into your current schedule because the less stressful the setting can be like the time the less stressed out you will be so make sure it's a time that actually you can be comfortable with as much as possible i know that some things are a little bit out of your control with this but make sure it's a time you're more comfortable with than maybe right during the morning when you usually have meetings or something like that because that, and that's also something too, a lot of the time you are maybe interviewing for jobs while you have a job. So finding that balance is a little difficult at too. But my best tip there would be to try not to let it to cut into your current work as much as possible. Cause that's not really fair to your current employer. Next up, the in-person interview process. So a lot of the time you have to pass the video, the phone interviews before you even get to the in-person interviews. So at this point, typically they'll send you a list of who you'll be talking to, whether it's one person or multiple, look them up beforehand. So if you get a name, look up their name, their company name as well, see what comes up about them, just to give you a little background about who you're talking to. And it's always nice, maybe if you see that you went to the same school or you have some similar interests or something that's similar in your background. And that's definitely okay to do. That is almost expected. Like it's not weird if you say, oh, and I noticed that you went to blah, blah, blah school. Like that shows that you did your research. And it's also more comforting to you to kind of know who you'll be talking to. Next tip, review interview questions the day before. Let me explain. So this one is something that I've done in long past um, interview processes. So for some reason, just to kind of get myself into that mindset, I've Googled top 10 interview questions or things like that, like those Forbes lists and just kind of reading through them. For me personally, and I hope for you as well, it just kind of gets your mind into that mode of hearing questions like that. Like, oh, what are your weaknesses? And hearing that and thinking like that it's not something very strict but for me i found it kind of like a a comfort a little more like a preparation step when i'm doing that the day before um nothing too serious very just casual reading through articles like that but it's kind of nice to get your mind in that mindset next tip dress to impress so make sure to pick out your outfit the night before as i'm saying all of this really the night before those hours leading up to the night before are really crucial for any type of interview you have the following day so make sure to plan out that outfit the night before and that takes one less decision off your plate next one review the company website and social media handles this is just a good way to get a feel for who you're actually applying for 
So hopefully you've done that anyway, but it's nice to just do a nice review of the website and the social media channels because you want to be as up to date about the company as possible. If you see on social media that they won a huge award the day before, that could be a good talking point. So the more research you do about the company itself, the better off you are because you'll feel more prepared. You'll know who you're talking to exactly and you'll have current updates that you can kind of sprinkle in there that look really good in an interview and you'll be more familiar with things like culture values all these different things that can help you potentially answering interview questions or even just making that first impression so very important to review the website and social media channels next tip map out where you're going to park thankfully with our google maps apple maps whatever app you're using these days We have so many options when it comes to actually looking at buildings and parking nearby. So if you are going to this in-person interview and you've never been in this area before, never been to this building, type in the address into your maps, kind of check out where you can park if you have not been communicated that, see any parking lots nearby and kind of map out where exactly because anything that will put a wrench in your plan of getting to this interview could throw you off and you also don't want to be late. So planning out the night before where you're going to park and having an idea of what this area looks like using the Google like man on the street feature, that is a great way to go. Next tip, wear comfy shoes. You can have comfy shoes that are still really cute. I'm just saying maybe avoid super high stilettos just because along with the parking, you don't know exactly how long from parking to the building it will take. So you want to be able to get there as quickly and efficiently as possible. So if you want to even bring, bring your nice shoes in a bag and right before you step into the building, change them fine. Just making sure that that walk can be comfortable. And also sometimes interviews, whether they tell you or not could potentially involve some walking if it's like an office tour or anything like that. And last but not least, before your in-person interview, take some deep breaths, strike a power bows. You got this. So those are my tips for the phone interview pre-checklist, the video, and the in-person. Those are all my tips for the pre-interview checklist. Hopefully those help. If you have a favorite thing to do pre-job interview, let me know. I always love hearing your tips. And last but not least, our Friday favorite. I'm sure you guessed it if you've seen me on social media recently. My Friday favorite this week is Kylie Jenner's office tour of Kylie Cosmetics and Kylie Skin. So Kylie released a YouTube video last week where she does a tour of her huge, amazing office for her billion dollar enterprise as we know that she's like the youngest self-made billionaire so the video is awesome it's very interesting and also I feel like we don't get to we don't get to see her talk a lot so it's really just fascinating to hear her talk and you can really see how young she is like sometimes we forget that I think so it's just always like fun and interesting but the tour very minimal design very white and black as far as design goes with pops of pink she has like a bowl of pink starburst or pink pillow or pink plates which is nice because she said that she like loves pink but didn't want it to be too too cheesy by being all pink which is a very smart design tip it looks very nice the art in it is made up of her lip kits which is really cool and she also has these giant lip kit boxes that she uses for photo shoots so the whole thing is very interesting and get some office inspo while you're there I'm like oh I need those fuzzy chairs I need these pink plates all of these different things you can spark some inspiration there as well 
And that does it for us today. If you enjoyed anything about today's episode, share it with a friend and better yet, make sure to give us five stars on whatever app you're listening in. And don't forget to subscribe and get your friends to subscribe too. Please vote for Working Girl Talk for Best Podcast. Click the link in my bio on my personal Instagram or on Working Girl Talk Instagram. I will talk to you next week. Have an awesome day.